And I know in my own life, helping people see the humanity of other individuals has been really, really profound. One of our missions is to uplift humanity. And one of the key ways to do that is to help people see the people around them through a different lens, to see them as, as fully human. And really that begins the uplift to serve those communities that don't always get that kind of quote unquote love from our culture. Welcome to the Beyond Listening Podcast, brought to you by We Are Open Circle. This is a show for anyone wanting to understand the realities and key principles of organization and human development and change. We bring you into the lives of our remarkable guests so that you can understand the challenges they've faced and the practical lessons they've learned, so you can live better, achieve the success you really want, and adapt to thrive. We're your hosts, Adam Rumack and Miriam Jones. You can join us each week as we work out how to live more purposeful, inspired lives for ourselves, our organizations, and our communities. All right, welcome to the Beyond Listening podcast. And we got actually three of us on here today. It's me, Adam Rumack, Miriam Jones, and Brandon Harding. And we've got a couple important things, things that are really important to us, and you, we hope you're gonna be interested in them too which is the launch of our nonprofit, the Open Circle Foundation. And we're going to dive pretty deep into what that's all about. And then also welcoming Brandon on as a partner for our for-profit Open Circle. And then also as a key member of the board, the vice president, co-chair of the Open Circle Foundation, which we've been building throughout the year. And that's where, really where we're going to center our attention today. And then Brandon's going to be able to tell his story and kind of share a lot of the work that he's doing or that you're doing, Brandon. So thank you both for, for being on here today and, and diving in. So what is the backstory of the Open Circle Foundation? What's the motivation? Mary, you want to take that one? Well, it's no coincidence that we have Brandon or the announcement of Brandon as our partner and the foundation in this same episode. Because really, Brandon's coming in as a partner, which we've been talking about for about six to eight months, and really like highlighted the nonprofit work that we are doing. And really, the nonprofit is a formalization of what we've been doing for years. For those of you that know us, they might remember the Getting to Know You series that we did in 2022, which was really an ode to service workers people who during the pandemic had been working hard in community, social, mental, healthcare, to really kind of be able to uplift the communities that they're with. But with Brandon also came a real emphasis on our work with veterans. And Brandon can talk more about the why of that. But it really started with an acknowledgement that in the underserved communities, in the underserved places, in our communities, there was a kind of an upping of need and a downing of resources, leaving people really depleted. And we again and again and again had people approaching us, asking us to bring the work that we do, which both helps leaders and organizations uplift 
and be able to effectively achieve their missions in the world. So the foundation is really a place to formalize that work and also to expand it, to be able to highlight the stories of our service workers, of veterans, of healthcare workers, of teachers, of people who are serving tirelessly our communities and who get little or no reward. And so that's that's really some of the backstories and motivation of the foundation. Yeah, I think uh, the story for me, the initial story of where this began last year was a veterans group that all three of us, both Miriam and Adam and myself, led into the mountains in Southern California. And we had a, a great host who hosted us at the end of that, Charlie. And as we were talking about the veterans program and kind of how our role was in it, he turned to me and, and he said, you know, what you're doing here is really great because he was doing something similar with veterans. And he just recognized having had hosting these veterans in his home, just sort of the power of this wilderness reset, this wellness in the wild. And he said to me, he's like, yeah, do you have a foundation or something? Like, I'd love to help you guys continue your work or you know, support your work in some way. And I was like, no, we really don't have a foundation to contribute to, but maybe we should. And so I told Adam and Miriam that story that, hey, you know, we have this individual that was really excited and impacted by seeing our work in real life, you know, as he hosted these veterans in his home and wanted to help us. And so that led to, uh, I think, as Miriam just said, sort of recognizing that much of the work that Open Circle had been doing over the past few years kind of had fit already in a nonprofit modality. And so this sort of formalized it. And part of that, you know, goes back to the story of veterans who want to serve. They want to be involved. They want to be doing great things. And I know in my own life, helping people see the humanity of other individuals has been really, really profound. And so that's kind of, you know, one of our missions is to uplift humanity. And one of the key ways to do that is to help people see the people around them through a different lens, to see them as as fully human. And really that begins the uplift to serve those communities that don't always get that kind of quote unquote love from our culture. So that's a little bit of my story and background of it. I want to add something on the back of that because I realized as you're talking, Brandon, it's been a long-held dream of ours to be able to connect leaders across very diverse backgrounds and also very diverse missions. And recently, we had our first sort of non-profit, for-profit, open circle, but with a lot of people from the non-profit coming together in our soul and spirit of leadership. And as we were driving out of the Owyhee Canyon land, which is so astoundingly beautiful, after the retreat, I started to realize that that dream had come into being because as a result of the retreat, we we had people working on the streets with addicts. We had people who were founders of organizations, CEOs. We had people working with children's health services working with children in their homes. We had people who were working with youth from underserved communities. We had mental health workers. So we had a whole variety of people from very different walks of life 
and very different backgrounds and very different missions. And the impact of that, the impact of having those people together was astounding. I mean, not because of the program that we did, but because of the sharing and the humanity in terms of uplifting humanity, the way it uplifted the different people for different reasons. And so, you know, uplift humanity to me always seemed lofty. And in that retreat, I started to feel a really grounded effect of leaders gathering from very different backgrounds together to share their stories and to share their development and to share their needs and wants of what they want to bring to the world. I would just say, because there are people here who, who listen to us that run businesses, they run nonprofits. And at some point, you know, for us, it was always a question of what kind of business are we? We've always been doing social benefit work. And I think there was a part of us that when we started that was, we needed a creative space. And we had come out of some challenging experiences with boards as a nonprofit and kind of legacy board and really needed a space to be both creative and entrepreneurial and to define our work and define what we were doing in the world in, a, in our way. And as that sort of solidified and it became clear that what we were offering had value, we could see that there were people who could pay for this that would pay for increasing engagement and participation and reducing the burnout in their companies, getting more efficient and effective because teams were working together better. And there were also a lot of people that were served by the very same humanizing tools and capacities that we were bringing in that, that needed this stuff, but couldn't pay, whether that was a nonprofit or individuals like, like veterans or social workers or teachers that would really benefit, were really interested, and they needed the kind of support that the nonprofit's going to be able to offer them to participate or bring it into their, bring it into their communities. So as folks that have always worked kind of between for-profit and nonprofit, those choices that we were making, I think they were right within the development of what we we're doing. And the time now was to, is to uh, start to get this out formally as a nonprofit. So right now our focus is on specific projects. So we're not, none of us are paid as part of the nonprofit. And what we're doing is really focusing on getting the work out there to specific uh, people and, and opportunities where we can serve. And since I got the, the mic right now, I'll just share about one and then we'll pass it around. We can each maybe talk about one or two. The first one was actually, you probably heard it on the last, I think it was the last podcast we released. It was Coach Moore and Coach Ellis out at More Than Fitness. And they work with a cohort of inner city youth that are very under-resourced in terms of after-school activities. The kids there don't have a lot of engagement or support from their parents. They're the future leaders in that community and they needed more support than the school is offering. So Coach Moore, also a veteran, a combat veteran from the Afghanistan war, after returning home from deployment, started a nonprofit to help those kids from his community where he grew up and combine weightlifting with mindfulness meditation, something that had really served him. So definitely listen to the podcast. You'll get a much better story than I'm telling it. But after coming on the program with us with 23rd Veteran, the five days backpacking trip, he started using listening circles as part of his programming. And we had a great training out there with him and his community and some of his staff and some of the kids, which was great. And he asked us to do a, a rites of passage style program for his youth coming up in April. These kids don't have an opportunity to even get to the beach, much less go on a backpacking trip. 
with experienced guides, coaches, and people who have a lot of experience in youth rites of passage like our team here. And so we're, we're building an opportunity for them to do that. So there'll be nine kids, some of the, the willing ones and the ones that Coach Moore and Coach Ellis are kind of highlighting for future leadership within that community, within the program that they're offering in, in the wider community to get them out there and experiencing what Coach Moore experienced on the trail focused on, you know, these kids. So that's one of the projects I'm super excited about because I, I love the program that they're doing out there and also taking kids out there that wouldn't have an opportunity to do this, teaching them some basic backcountry travel skills, showing them that they can carry everything that they need for five days on their back, getting deeper connection with each other. And yeah, learning, I'm sure we're going to learn a ton from them. So that's one that I'm really excited about. I'll pass over to you, Brandon. I know you got, <laughs> you're leading some big ones. Maybe I'll touch first on the chaplain one and then turn it to Miriam. So I retired just recently after spending a couple of decades as a military chaplain uh, with the Navy and also did uh, multiple tours with the Marine Corps. And one of those key lessons that I learned out of my service as a chaplain in in the military was it can be very lonely as a chaplain. I, the two loneliest people in a military unit are usually the commanding officer, like he or she really has no one else to kind of talk about what's going on with their life, just the unique pressures they're under. And the other person is the chaplain. Again, just because, you know, I used to get the question all the time, you know, who does the chaplain go to for their issues? Because in many ways, the chaplain, you are the sort of the spiritual, social worker. You know, you're the, the primary care person that looks after the welfare of all of the people in your unit, regardless of their faith background or, or not. I mean, you're just there to, to care for people. You know, that's probably your number one mission. And that can lead to some burnout. That can lead to a, a heavy cost of a chaplain as you sit with and spend time with people who are in a lot of emotional, spiritual pain based on a lot of things going on in their lives, whether that's interpersonal things, relationships that aren't going right, or they're dealing with the aftermath of combat stress in service in Iraq or Afghanistan. And the other component of a chaplain, I think that really resonates with me also with the other veterans programs that we're doing is I saw one of my roles as a chaplain was to lift the humanity of those that we were around, to include those that we were in conflict with. And we did various projects when I was in Iraq to kind of do that. So, you know, one of my, I guess, goals was to lift the humanity of the Iraqi people where we were serving. And the best way to do that was for the Marines I was with was to serve them. And so we set up these pretty substantial service projects of creating these events that had coats and shoes that were donated from hundreds of organizations in the United States. And we would set these up with the Iraqis, would have Iraqi people there, usually from the mosque, that would help distribute these thousands of pounds of coats and shoes. And it was pretty remarkable. In one particular instance, we had lost a Marine who had been killed by a a guy threw a, a grenade at a Humvee that was going by and it detonated and it killed a Marine. And just a few days later, we were back in that same village where this death had happened, putting coats and shoes on the little kids of that village. And one of the Marines said to me afterwards how good that was because it helped him realize 
that not everyone was a quote unquote bad guy, that these were just people just like us that were trying to take care of their families and trying to live a good life and interacting with these little kids and finding shoes for them to wear and a coat for them to put on just really made those people human. And it helped him turn down those feelings of anger or hatred that were beginning to grow in him and other Marines as they had witnessed, you know, one of their friends get killed. And so that was kind of kind of one of the, the key it, core issues for me is raising the humanity of not only the Marines so that they could treat one another better and create more effective teams, but also raise the humanity of the Iraqi people so that they would interact with them in a healthier way. And so we have this event coming up in April, also in April, more towards the latter part of April called Care for the Soul. And we're going to take a group of chaplains out into the wilderness to help them create space for their souls to be able to work through the heavy burdens that they carry. And like many of our events, these are done in, a, in the wild, in a wilderness setting. I think if you look across most major faith traditions, almost all of the holy men and women from those traditions found solace and peace and a sense of the divine by heading into the wilderness, whatever the wilderness meant for them. Sometimes it was a desert. Sometimes, you know, it was a mountain. But there's real wisdom to be gained by going into wild places. And so we're going to do that in, in April. We're going to take a, a group of chaplains, probably mostly serving in Southern California, into the mountains and help them find some, some peace for their souls as they are, you know, on the front lines of, of taking care of the Marines, sailors and soldiers and airmen in our military. So that's that's one of them that we have coming up that I'm really excited about. Yeah, I mean, and across the faith traditions, but then also there's been a lot of science behind, and it was there was a particular lot of science done in COVID behind what going into nature and into the wilderness does for our physical, mental, emotional, spiritual health. You know, it's such a moving story, Brandon, and, and I've heard you tell it a few times now and every time I kind of like it just hits me in the gut and I think it's because one of the most debilitating things I've seen and heard from listening to service workers is that they're people with a strong sense of mission and it's debilitating when they are not able to serve whether that's because of an institutional crisis like what's happening actually in the healthcare industry or in the in education, and also particularly, of course, in the transition that veterans make back into civilian society. Time and time again, when we've been out on the trails with veterans, just hearing this like deep desire to serve in civilian life and just feeling like it, it it's pretty consistently being being ripped away. And so another program that we're launching in 2024 is Wellness in the Wild for veterans who are college students. So they're going into the college system wanting to learn skills so that they can bring both what they learn in their service in the military, but also like how do I then transition and apply that into the civilian world? And in that program where, yes, we're taking them out into the wild for that wellness component, for the connection. And then in a six to nine month program back at the college, 
going through a series of like budding up to do the physical health, just to encourage that kind of motivation in the physical health, but also gathering them in, in groups to continue to listen and to move through what their purpose is and how they want to serve and how they want to take what they've learned in all of its aspects, in both the aspects of what they learned from the experience of what they've seen overseas in deployment, what they learned through the military, what they're learning about with those new eyes of coming back into the civilian world, what they see in the civilian world, and really coming with, to it with a sense of purpose and also the support of fellow veterans who are also moving into that. And alongside that in 2024, alongside the veteran work, we're developing similar work for teachers and healthcare workers, both of whom are in industries where time and time again, what we've heard is they're facing a great kind of like institutional difficulties in combating institutional kind of lack of resources and also um, bureaucracy. And so helping them to feel empowered to make the changes that will really help them serve their communities in a really good way. And lastly, I'll just add, you know, Open Circle as a for-profit company has been offering deep scholarships and discounts for those that want to attend that are directly taking what they're learning from the listening circle trainings, from the conflict work, from the power and decision-making and the transitions and thresholds programs into nonprofit or community-based organizations and really wanting to extend that out further as we grow a strong base of clients that are able and willing and see the value of these programs. We want to make sure that there's still access for those that see the value in their own lives and their communities, but just don't have the resources. So there's a hefty scholarship fund that we're building, or we're building a hefty scholarship fund to be able to support the kind of diversity that serves everybody in these programs, but also, of course, in their learning that they're bringing back to their organizations. You can check out more on all of these programs. We have a new website, simply foundation.org weareopencircle.com. And on there, it talks about each of these programs and, and you'll be seeing more added in 2024 as we grow, but also some stories of the of one example, which was the, the last retreat that we did out at the Oahe Canyonlands in Eastern Oregon, where you can see some of that, how that diversity plays out. We have, as Miriam said, we had small business owners and entrepreneurs, executive directors of environmental conservation organizations, nonprofit leaders, addiction counselors, kind of running the gamut of people that are in different leadership roles. And of course, it serves those that are underserved or under, under-resourced when it comes to finances, but it also is a great service to building understanding and building connections between the for-profit and nonprofit sectors, and everyone benefits from that. It also includes our donors. So we're in our full fundraising campaign at the moment, and the way that we approach our donors who come into the fold of Open Circle Foundation is an invitation ongoing to come in and to listen to the stories of the people who benefit. So regular listening circles to hear the benefits that they've gained both from being part of this, but also really to learn from them, to learn from as they come into the empowerment of their mission and their service 
to hear how that's impacting them, but also the communities that they're working with. Right now, as we're getting towards the end of the year, the fiscal year, and there's a, an additional benefit, of course, to donors of being able to write off tax-deductible donations, but also just the, the season of giving and contributing and remembering those that are out there in the world that are in need, that in this case, that are serving us in many ways, that are serving the betterment and the upliftment of, of our communities and our country and the world. We want to invite you to contribute. We have a $30,000 fundraising goal, which is spread across those different programs from Care for the Soul to Wellness in the Wild to the Scholarship Fund, the Serving Those Who Serve, and the, the Youth Rights, Wilderness Rites of Passage program in Delaware. And we want to invite you to contribute. Everything matters. So whether you can contribute $5 or 5000 or anything in between there or more or less, it all makes a difference. You can do that right through our foundation.weareopencircle.com page, the same place that you can learn more about those programs. You can designate to a program that really matches your philanthropic goals and your values, or you can give generally. And like I said, we have no or very minimal administrative costs in terms of just keeping that website going and some of the minimal costs of a donation platform, you can reduce that even more by just sending a check. In every case, the majority of those dollars, the vast majority are going directly to those programs. So you can be confident in that. You can also reach out to us if you have any questions and, and we can talk through those programs or help you understand a little bit more about, about what we're doing and, and why. There's also a call out alongside contributing and also coming along to those listening circles, which we'll be holding through 2024. There's also a call out for those who are feeling that struggle, the service workers. So whether it be in your organization or whether it be you as an individual, please get in touch so we can tell you more about our programs. Great. So let's talk a little bit more about you, Brandon. In the next week, we're going to be announcing the official bringing on or I don't know how we how we can say that more holistically, but the confirmation of our partnership, I guess. Formalizing. The formalization of it, yeah. And um, <laughs> it's been really cool working with you, Brandon, and just getting to know you over the years. The three of us met out at an Immunity to Change workshop, a very in-the-weeds, subject-object interview. This is a course out in Boston right before COVID, and you and I stayed in touch. The three of us really connected because of all having a connection to doing circle-based work, working in sort of, at the time I was doing a lot of prison work, and I think you had, I think you mentioned you as a chaplain had been in, in the prisons. And also, of course, fundamentally, this deep mutual acknowledgement that yes, we could do it in office buildings. Yes, we could do it in prisons. Yes, we could do it all these places that made a huge impact. But getting out into the wilderness, getting people out of the context, their day-to-day -day context and into the wilderness was the best place to make positive change in our lives and in the lives of people that we were serving. So Brandon came on as a wilderness operations director earlier in the year. We ran a bunch of trips together, which meant all the logistics, but more important than that, you know, getting into the field and learning from each other and learning from 
from and with participants and guiding some of the most, I know I'll speak for myself, some of the most impactful programs that I've ever been a part of. So we're just like, yeah, let's do this. Let's, let's go big. So thank you, Brandon, for, for saying yes. And I wanted to give you, you know, just kind of pass the talking piece over to you and see, hear your story and around this and, and what you're excited about and what you're, anything else you want to share about that? Yeah. Thank you, Adam. So I think the first thing I got to start off with is a, this concept that we, the three of us and many people who know me have, have talked about, and that's this concept of a divine appointment. Whether you believe in a personal God or something transcendent or the universe, you know, I'm just a firm believer that there's these things that happen, these divine appointments where people are put in each other's paths to create a connection and a relationship, but it has a purpose. And that purpose of the divine appointment is to lift humanity, is to collaborate in ways that raise the boat for all people, so to speak. And so when Adam and Miriam and I first met in Boston a couple of years ago now, and I asked them, what's the name of your organization? And they're like, we're Open Circle. And I was like, like, Open Circle? No, we are Open Circle. I was like, oh, okay, that's different, but okay. All right, we'll move on. But as they were talking about the use of circles in their work, I just was really struck by that because that was one of the most meaningful ways that I was doing work within my context in the military. You know, I had done listening circles in combat in Iraq. I had done them with Marines struggling with combat stress injuries and had recently, like Adam said, also done them in a military prison setting as well. And so there was just a lot of, of that that resonated deeply with me. And then the fact that we were both attending a training on adult development and adaptive coaching kinds of things through the immunity to change and minds at work, it was just another reinforcement. And then we started talking about wilderness stuff. And Adam didn't share this about him, but maybe I'll just say this. He's connected to someone who's huge in the wilderness guiding world. And so he brings with him this whole host of knowledge and understanding of you know, what it means to take people into, into the backcountry and Miriam as well. And so there was that shared, just like, wow, this is, there's just so many connecting points between us. And so then we, we kept in touch and then I got invited to join them to do some training throughout a year where I learned more about the open circle process and how they did things. And then they said, Hey, why don't we do this together more formally, and we'll we'll lead a wilderness event. And then that led to a, our first trip last March, where we took a group of veterans from 23rd Veteran. And while we were on that trip, I think there was just such this synchronicity that happened that I think I mentioned to Miriam in an email or somewhere that like, you know, this feels more like a partnership than anything else. It doesn't feel like employee, employer type thing. It feels like we're kind of in this work together. And that just kind of like sparked this whole concept of, oh, maybe we should do a partnership. And, you know, it started this, this long conversation, which leads to where we're at today, where we each have unique gifts and strengths that we're bringing to this. And I think those unique gifts and strengths when they come together, they're magnified. So it's not one plus one plus one equals three. It's magnified. It's more like our, the three of us as individuals with that divine appointment coming together 
magnifies the work that we're doing so that it's equaling 10 or 100 or 1,000 in its impact. And I think we've seen this so far in our two wilderness trips and the trip that Adam and I and another open circle facilitator did in June. That was probably one of the most impactful trips that I've been on to witness what transpired with those veterans that came into the wilderness. Just really, it was like, wow, this whole process really does have something. I want to use the term magical, but it's not magic. I mean, magic is sort of like that. You don't understand exactly what happens. There's a mystery to what goes on, but there's also a process. And that process has been replicated now over and over and over again. Because as I was doing these trips in North Carolina with the Marine Corps, the first time I did it, I was like, okay, that was pretty cool. I don't know that I'll ever be able to replicate that again. And then we did the next trip and it was like, okay, wow, this actually works. We can do it once and twice and let's do it a third time. And we did it a third time and it was like, okay, so this process of getting people into the wild, off the grid using listening circles, what we called fireside chats around the fire at night, combining that with some physical challenge and throwing in some immunity to change developmental work. This is like, this is like the magic sauce of human development to help people connect with one another, to feel like they belong, and to really see what they can become, to witness in this group that, hey, we're all fully human, we value each other. We're on this struggle of life together. And here's what we're going to do. And then to come together now and to apply this, not just as individuals, but to teams and to organizations is something that I'm just really, really excited about. I'm struck by the obviousness of the divine appointment when you, when we, we both mentioned, but particularly when you were talking about this, Brandon, like the list of things that we believe in and like using circles and wilderness and working in what I would call like unlikely places for this type of work to happen, how rare it is to meet people that meet someone that shares like the same list of interests that you laid out. Like you don't just meet them at the grocery store or on a networking event. It's just a sort of rare, it could only be divine. It's kind of what I'm saying that we would come yeah. together. And then that is such an interesting time in the human history that we're experiencing with COVID happening and so many things in our own lives, the development of the business, your journey with the military kind of moving towards its later phase and all of that. So it's funny to kind of recount that now and think about that. And also I'm thinking about like people with the great strategic plans and all these things that they plan out and you can't really plan for those divine appointments that sort of interrupt in sometimes the best ways our best way plans. It's kind of interesting because with that, it seems so mysterious because you haven't planned it and then it comes together. And then people retrospectively, I was thinking of what Elise, one of our colleagues said when I was telling her about Brandon coming on as a partner and she was like, oh, of course, <laughs> you know, so you look at it retrospectively and it's like, yeah, of course, like it looks like you planned it because it's so obvious retrospectively, but as it's happening, because it's not an idea that you have, it's this kind of yeah, it's it's so mysterious. And, you know, there's another mysterious part of it, which, you know, if you've listened to some of our podcasts, we've talked a lot about partnership in leadership. So much in our culture is this kind of individual leader at the top. 
And we've talked about the value of actually partnership in leadership, you know, having two people and what that does. And here we've got the three-legged stool as we've kind of like coined it. And the idea of, you know, three leaders in equal partnership, speak to any lawyer, they'll tell you that's a bad idea, but or two people in equal partnership, bad idea, they'll say, but there's a mystery in it when two or three, you know, are gathered together around, I would even call it a common spirit, the principles that are at the center. Yes, it's the mechanisms, but it's also the principles and the spirit underneath that that we share, yet interpreted very differently in the forms of each of our lives and with the skills and capacities that each of us have developed because of that, because of our gender, because of our faith, because of our culture, and the kind of tensions within that, and we we talked a lot about tensions, the tensions in that being generative, when you're gathered around something, a strong spirit of something, that those tensions then can be used to, as Brandon said, you know, increase the impact a hundred or a thousandfold beyond what you could imagine. I know that I could imagine on my own. So it's incredibly exciting and no coincidence that here we're announcing both the partnership and the foundation's work, which came, I think, as one of the first products of this three-legged stool, this founding of, of the nonprofit, the foundation's work, and the increased impact across all of those different communities where it might serve. So yeah, it's so exciting. It's been exciting already, and I can only imagine what's going to happen in the next year. Yeah, just one thought about that. You say the next year, you know, when we first sort of started talking about doing some wilderness stuff together at the beginning or at the end of last year of 2022, and we kind of imagined, okay, we'll go do a couple trips in 2023. And then you think of what has evolved between the three of us and the direction that Open Circle and the foundation, none of that existed. The foundation didn't exist, you know, Many of the connections that we have now, how things have kind of flowed, many of those didn't exist a year ago. And so it'll be exciting to see how this evolves in 2024, what unfolds that we have no idea about right now. Yeah, I'm sure that we probably care at least a little more than everybody who's listening to us right now about that unfolding. But there's some really exciting things. I mean, exciting from the perspective of the work that we're doing and how it's bringing stories that you might not hear to the forefront, you know, from the veterans work to the social workers to, you know, a number of other people that are, you know, their stories are really getting buried, uh, fortunately, in the, the headlines. So really bringing that humanity back forward through this work. And as you're listening, you know, we're to, we'll try to bring those stories here and also in our newsletter and in places like that. So we're really amping that up. But there's also a lot of, I think there's going to be a lot more opportunities for people to engage, you know, to be a part of this, whether, you know, as donors is great, but also to join a program to be a part of these, these mixing pots, which I think, you know, maybe we're, maybe we're creating more opportunities for divine appointments for other people too. I think that's what, I think in Oahe, we heard some people like, these are my, my good friends now and new projects blooming out of that from unlikely connections and it's really inspiring to me to be a part of creating those opportunities that, I don't know, in my day-to-day -day life, they don't feel like they exist unless we create them. 
And we certainly live in a world that feels more polarized a lot. So just extra encouragement to stay tuned both to this podcast and also, you know, get on our newsletter list because because we'll be sharing a lot more. We've got I just talked to our marketing person, Ash, who's awesome and gonna be sharing a lot more of this and getting these stories out there in ways that we haven't been able to do it before. Also a shout out to our board members of the nonprofit. So I won't name them and there are many, many accolades, but definitely, you know, they're on our website and you can on the foundation website, check them out. Just really awesome people to be able to hang out with, create with, to expand this stuff out into the world with. And they're all there because they have seen and believe deeply in this type of opportunity to connect with each other, to rehumanize, to uplift humanity and do it in places like office buildings and schools and hospitals and also in the wild. And I don't want to miss a shout out. This is for you. I know you're listening also to the young leaders who have also been scholarship recipients, young mission orientated leaders who have felt the difficulty of actually doing that burning idea for their communities that they know they want to do, but doesn't seem possible with the support they have. We had a few on our recent trip to Oahe and just a big shout out for them. You'll see some of their fundraising efforts, which involve extraordinary runs and (laughs) extraordinary feats. So I just want to do a special shout out because they're also a great encouragement to young people to get involved because this is a place where we will encourage you to do that mission, to do that thing that you want to do for your community and make it possible. Yeah, and I think we should probably do a podcast a couple, like six or nine months into this on the challenges and the opportunities of the three-legged stool and get real (laughs) on that in a way that, you know, helps other people see that, hey man, we've all got, you know, we can all, we can all do this. We can all work through those things. We just had a circle lab last night where everyone talked about conflict and it was like, really, it was really nourishing to hear that everybody that loves and cares deeply about the world and about the people around them experiences that tension that you were talking about earlier. So that's one thing I'm just thinking that we we can do later in the year. Because right in this podcast, it's a little bit like, yeah, it's all great, but we'll definitely find some tensions that we can work with eventually. Final word, Brandon. I was thinking maybe a, a blessing. Hmm. Yeah, I think the blessing that, I would offer to the three of us is that we would be guided by that sense of soul and spirit to look for unique opportunities to lift humanity, to find those places that we've called the margins or the cracks where maybe it is that underserved place where we can go. So I guess the prayer, the blessing would be that we can be open to those places to be guided and to be led to, and a further blessing to be those divine appointments, to be put with people that can help us along the way, you know, so that we can serve together, both from uh, financial support, which fortunately or unfortunately in this world that we live in, you do need some financial support to go and do these programs. One author said, you know, money isn't the 
doesn't solve everything, but money does solve money problems. And so, you know, I think that's one of those great ways that hopefully will be blessed, a blessing to be connected with the right people and organizations that can provide that so that we can take this out to the world in a greater capacity. And so, yeah, I guess that would be the blessing to find unique ways to bring this work to others and to be connected with and partner with people and organizations that can support this work that we do. Amen to that. Maybe so. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Listening podcast. For more information on how to adapt to a world of rapid change and flux for yourself, your organization, and your community, visit us at weareopencircle.com. Dot com.